Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. This is why, going back to our recurring theme, you can't trust humanity. everyone and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy, proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm Jenny, born in 1974. And you're my sister. Oh my god, I keep forgetting that. Oh, how could <laughs> I you try forget to that? forget that? <laughs> Um, welcome everyone to another episode. Today we're going to be looking at Little House on the Prairie, season two, episode 15. The Runaway Caboose. It was a good one. Action-packed. The description reads, Mary, Laura, and Mr. Edwards' adopted son, Carl, long to get a firsthand look at the kinds of trains they learn about in school. The kids eventually con their parents into letting them go on a business trip with them. While messing around on a caboose at the train station, the children are in for the ride of their lives when it detaches from the rest of the train and runs loose. This episode had everything a good episode of Little House contains the drama i mean the drama was ridiculous the melodrama the paw saves the day the hero mode we have all of this yeah all those good elements if you're looking to connect with jenny and me you can find us on gen x this is why we're on twitter we're on facebook we have a facebook group the mimi bees super exciting in there um, we do polls in there. We do giveaways. We're doing a little giveaway now. So find us on Facebook. It's Gen X. This is why. Spell out the why. Um, okay. Jenny, ready to start? I think so. Are you ready? <laughs> I guess. Okay. We open with Mary, Laura, and Carl Jr. sitting around a tree looking at porn. I mean a train magazine. <laughs> <laughs> it's a book. And I have a question. Are they too old for Thomas the Train? Because that's what the book looks like. Uh, yeah. It's, they're, like, they're like 13 and they're reading this like fourth grade book. Yeah. That's why I thought it was porn because that would be age appropriate. <laughs> Carl says he would give anything to be on a real train like the one in the book. And Mary says she's been on one already all the way to Minneapolis. Jem, what, what's this? We missed it. We didn't cover that episode, obviously. Apparently we didn't. So I'm just going to assume she went to Minneapolis to, I don't know, what would Mary she, do in Minneapolis? She oh, went a spelling bee, probably. No, she went with Paw for something. It's probably something school-related. I'm sure. Can we place a small wager? Um, Sure. Okay, we'll find that out later. The kids say they could go to Springfield next week with their paws, because then they could see a train. Okay. Is that where they were going, Springfield? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. They would miss school, but Laura reminds them that they're studying trains in school. And we all know how much Miss Beetle loves letting them skip school for some practical learning. <laughs> Laura says Carl can ask his pa and Mary, you can ask Charles because, quote, you can put your glasses on and look serious. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Mary agrees to do it. Because next- Laura's basically like, Paul will just think I'm fucking around if I ask. Oh, Totally. The next scene, the three of them show up at Drama Barn, where Charles <laughs> is working. And Charles looks good. No. Mary's all serious with the glasses on, and she asks Charles, and he says no. They're going to miss too much school. Then Laura takes this shit into her own hands and lies and says, Mr. Edwards is letting Carl go, so I guess he'll be the only one getting extra credit. Laura's gotten badass since the whole Ozarks episode, since she got like joined the mob. Yeah, she is badass. 
So Charles says, well, if the Edwards say it's okay, who am I to stand in the way of higher education? Is that higher education? I think that's the wrong terminology there, Charles. Yep. Laura, when they leave, Mary, of course, is like, you lied to Paul. I mean, that was shady as fuck. It was shady. Come on. But Laura's like, and this is totally something I would have done at her age, use this logic. Like, I used to tell my friends, it's not a lie if you believe it to be true. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's so relevant in 2020. Wow. So Laura uses some fuzzy logic to say, well, I really didn't lie because we don't know if Mr. Edwards is going to let Carl go yet. It's all in the timing. Yeah, it's all in the timing. So then they go and ask the Edwards and Laura explains to Mr. Edwards, who's working on some curtains with Grace. Which is so strange. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the domestication of Mr. Edwards. Oh, that's what that represents. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Laura explains her pause letting them go. Mr. Edwards fact checks that by the narc mary mary is that true <laughs> don't tell me you haven't done that with your kids did Mary's you do like, you ask one of them because you don't quite believe 100 percent, 100 percent. so how i wrote how can no one tell these kids are lying they're visibly uncomfortable <laughs> like they're like smirking and writhing around like it's really weird Super and shade. i have a question for you jenny do you remember how much we used to lie to our parents oh my god yeah. All it was time. like an art form. That's <laughs> well, that all relates, we did. But that relates back to the whole secret life that yes. we led. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We lied to them all the time. And then when they invented three-way calling, Oof. that opened up a whole new world for us. Because now <laughs> they would call my friend Jen's house. Oh, is Amy there? Like to check that I'm there. Jen would say, hold on, click over, call me wherever I was at some boy's <laughs> house, and then connect us back together. I'd be like, oh, hey, mom. <laughs> yeah. It really, we lied like crazy. So uh, kids listening, especially my kids listening, don't ever do that. Although it's harder today to lie to your parents because we can track like your cell phone trackers mm-hmm. and stuff. So Mr. Edwards gives in. He's like, yeah, okay. And then Laura's off the hook now because what she said really happened. Now it's all true. Like, now it's all true. true. <laughs> She's brilliant. Next, we see Carl playing with the model train in Olsen's Mercantile. Willie comes downstairs and says, I have a nicer one than that, and I'm bringing it to school. They're just awful. Yeah. <laughs> Willie and Nellie yeah. are fucking awful. They're just spoiled to the core. Carl says he's going to see a real train with his paw in Springfield. (laughs) Willie says he can do one better and sneaks in the back room and shows Carl a bunch of fireworks. Which is ironic because real Willie was blinded by fireworks. Really? Real in real. We went through this when we talked about the Olsons. Willie. Oh, I might have. Was this during an index card? Yes, it was. Yeah, I probably wasn't paying attention. Willie, the actual person. Willie Olson, well, it was Owens, was his real last name, went blind because a fireworks went off in his face. Mm, see? Yeah. See this? So I wrote, what could go wrong here? And <laughs> Nothing. Kids and fireworks. Carl no ends up trading Willie a firecracker for two Aggies, which are marbles. I think so, yeah. Yeah. In what can only be described as the dumbest idea in Little House on the Prairie history. I'm going to say this real slow. This really actually happened. Carl, not Carl Jr. Like I've been calling him. (laughs) Carl takes a huge firework and lights it off inside of a barn. It took me a little while to figure out what was happening. Because I thought he had it like near the door pointing outside. I'm like, is that in the barn? In the barn. (sighs) Timmy and I sat there, watched... We didn't even breathe. We were like, this is not happening. Are you kidding me? I just thought I would kill this kid. I would get like. The floor of a barn is made of what, Jenny? Hay, dirt. The walls are made of what? Wood. Everything flammable. Everything flammable. And not only does he light this firework off in the barn, but he sits there next to it. I know. So it's obnoxious. There is an entire fireworks display inside this barn. And I love Edwards comes running out of the house. They're freaking out. Like they are having the appropriate reaction. This episode is so great. I mean, if you're if you're going to watch one episode that we've covered, this one is it. <laughs> okay. 
Edwards and Grace come flying out of the house and they run into the barn where Edwards has to put out the remaining fire. They're lucky they didn't burn down the entire barn. I have a new name for this barn. Now, this is the Edwards barn. I know. Okay. I know. The other barn's the drama barn. Okay. This is the telltale barn. Why? Do you remember why? Because remember when John Jr. went all Edgar Allan Poe in there? <laughs> yes, and he heard the voices. <laughs> the telltale barn. Okay. <laughs> so, Grace Edwards, like, goes soft on Carl. Which, which I was shocked I because was when he came out of the house, I he was, was like... And you know, and like I've witnessed parents do this, usually at me, but when they get so freaked out and scared because something dangerous is happening, they overreact usually. Like they freak out like Grace did. I turned to Timmy and I said, what would I be doing right now? And he's like, you would be screaming the F word because we've talked about this. Jenny almost spit out her coffee. (laughs) We talked about this. This is what I do in panic mode. I just start cursing. Over and over and over again. So anyway, um, also this does not, this response does not fit with Mr. Edwards' character that we've seen so far. No. Think about how stubborn and mean he was in his father's son. Remember when John Jr. just didn't want to go hunting and he was like all crazy? Like this does not fit. Yeah, it seemed weird. It was weird because this was an actual legitimate reason to get angry. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so... Grace is freaking out and she's screaming like he could have been killed. Yeah. He easily could have been. Yep. She tells Edwards. So Carl runs into the house crying and Grace tells Edwards, you're too soft on these kids. They need to be punished or they'll never learn. So Edwards is like, okay, okay. Like I relent. I'll tell him he can't go on the trip to Springfield. Well, and as a parent, like, I feel like you have to, you have to make your kids afraid of doing stupid things, right? Because they could die. Yeah. Like that, there has to be the fear of like, don't do something that seems stupid. Like right. Usually that's accomplished by a good old horror story. Like Graham <laughs> knew somebody who broke his neck diving into shallow water and could never <laughs> walk again. Like something like that. But when it happens, like by experiment, you got to, mm-hmm. you got to drive that point home. A hundred percent. The next day at school, like, Carl is just so upset that he can't go. And Laura's like, this is all Willie's fault. It was his idea. And Willie comes running out of the store looking for his Aggies, and Laura shoves him to the ground. <laughs> Laura's playing a great game of whose fault is it, which we tend to play. A hundred percent. When we cover, like, the last episode with Carolyn's leg, whose fault is this? Reverend Alden's. <laughs> the next scene, Charles is going to pick up his mail and runs into gaslighting Grace, who now wants Charles <laughs> to talk Mr. Edwards out of banning Carl from the trip. I I was pissed. I was super pissed. She completely, I wrote, she completely mind-fucked him here. Yep, totally. So cut to Edwards at the mill, Jen. What's he singing? He's singing that freaking song. I hate that <laughs> Old song. Old Dan Tucker. Oh. <laughs> I thought we were done with that. And... He's fishing something out of the creek, and I'm like, is it the hooch jock? <laughs> He's drinking from the hooch jock again. <laughs> okay, so we see him, and Charles comes up, and he tries to get him to change his mind. But it doesn't work. Edwards is like, I don't know what you people fucking want from me. <laughs> <Things> I'm <laughs> too soft, and I'm too hard. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. This is, like, I'm starting to think that Mr. Edwards, like, we need a Save Edwards campaign. Like, he I know. needs to leave this place. Yeah. It's tough. Later that night, Grace finds Carl still awake. And he's trying to say he was studying in the pitch blackness. You know, because he's and not what, dumb like Mary and lights a lantern and tries to burn everything. And what out. does Grace say, Aim? What does Grace say? I don't know. What does she say? She said when he goes back in the room, she's like, you shouldn't be studying in the dark because it ruins your eyes. Yeah, see, if Grace was Mary's mother, maybe Mary's eyes would have been saved. Well, maybe if Laura could sleep with the damn lantern on. <laughs> okay. Um, as he's going to bed, Carl's like super mopey and he turns to Edwards with like a little quivering lip. <laughs> and he says, Pa, have a good trip tomorrow. He's laying it on thick. And this is where I wrote, Mr. Edwards needs to be free. Save Edwards. Save Edwards from the prison <laughs> of his own making. I want to say something about the lighting here. Have you noticed in the Edwards house, the lighting's terrible. It's like a cave. It's like they live in a cave, like compared to how they light the yeah, Ingalls house. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like yeah, The Ingalls yeah. house feels warm and inviting and like 
This is like a dark cave all the time. For well, it's reason. an allegory for the death of Mr. Oh, it is. Yes. He's just slowly being killed. Okay. Grace further needles Edwards. And finally he relents and says, okay, fine. The boy can come. Whatever. All right. So now we're in Springfield. And in Springfield, the kids are looking at the train and the engineer shoots them with steam and laughs maniacally. I just want to say I'm terrified of trains. Really? Yes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Terrified. And I'm on them all. I'm not terrified to be on them. Like, because I'm on trains all the time. But, like, I could never stand next to that engine or cross the track in front of that engine like they did. No, no, no. Like, I just, they freak me out. Well, you, I mean, not to be a downer, but we know someone who was killed that way. Crossing in front of the train. But the train was moving. Oh, I know. I just don't like them. Are you afraid of still trains? I'm more I'm more okay with a still train, but like don't love them. Guys, you can send Jenny model trains. I'll I'll put her address out in a tweet later. It's just like like same thing with like giant earth moving machines and stuff. Like I just don't like those giant Really machines. Yeah, they oh, freak me out. Okay. Right. Planes planes I'm oddly okay with though. You could stand next to a plane. Yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't bother me. You're this is weird. Okay. I know. So we have a scene with two guys fighting over filling a water tank. I don't really know what that, why that, that is. But they're kind of hilarious. Like there's these cranky old guys and that little like biting each other conversation that they had on top of the thing. Do you ever see that meme with the corgis? And yes. it's, it's like the yep. triggered internet thing. That's yep. what they reminded me of. Charles and Edwards are unloading quote, Hanson's shipment. Did you get that, Jen? Well, didn't Doc Baker help them load it? Like it's doc, it's medical stuff. I, I, think. I don't know what Hanson has coming in and out of those ports. <laughs> They're on a business trip. Mm-hmm. The kids are checking out the train and they agree to all meet up in half an hour at the station. The kids are chatting and talking about what they, where they would go on a train if they had money. Did you get this little scene? Yes. And Mary would go to California and see the Pacific. And I'm like, that's the first cool thing Mary has said in two seasons. Laura would go to Boston and New York City. And mental giant Carl would go (laughs) to China on a train. Do that. Go for it. And Mary's like, there's an ocean douchebag. This this kid is, he's going to hurt himself someday. They come across the caboose and Carl jumps up into the car. Laura cautions him not to, but he scoffs and he starts this thing now where he's like, girls. Oh my God. Girls can't tell me what to do. (sighs) So Laura and Mary go after him. Suddenly it separates and they don't realize this is happening. They don't realize it's moving. No, they're inside and they're like checking things out. They're inside fighting over a box marked danger. Is Mary the only one that can read? And Mary freaks out. It says danger. Put it back. She's basically like dumbasses. I know that word's too big for you to read. Carl finds apples and Mary's like, put them back. They don't belong to us. She's like everybody's cool friend that you bring along, I guess. (laughs) All right. So the kids suddenly realize they're moving, but by now it's too fast for them to jump. Some dude sees them and runs to alert everybody else. Some dude clearly right out of the 70s. Did you get a look at this guy? He's a soldier. You realize that. He had the he had the Civil War cap on. Mm-hmm. Yep. But he's clearly from the seventies. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's all shaggy. Nineteen seventy. Yeah, he's all shaggy. <laughs> Switch back to Charles and Edwards, and oh my God, this is so great. This is so great. Edwards is talking about Carl, and Paul says, "Can you talk about Carl and work at the same time?" And Edwards goes, "These stories have gestures in them. I'm using <laughs> that from now on. Done. That's my saying." <laughs> I'm somebody who just infamously talks with my hands so much. Like when I'm on Zoom with my students, I'm like this. So that's going to be my new thing. They say these stories have gestures in them. All right. So suddenly the dude comes up and everyone realizes the kids are on the caboose. They try to get the train started, but the engine breaks. We don't know, like, if that has something to do with that weird scene we saw earlier. It's a shit show at this station. It's a total shit show. They decide they'll wire Tower Junction to stop the caboose. Tower Junction is the switch station, and they're going to yep. switch the train to the Mankato line. Yep. And then that's, Where it'll all, go uphill. that's yep. all uphill, so that will slow them down. Okay. So we come to a, a little scene with the kids where they notice the car slowing down. They decide to jump, but Mary refuses. 
It's first of all, it's going too fast for them it's to going jump. Too fast. <laughs> and as an older sister, oh, I wouldn't boy. have jumped off that without you. I would oh, push you off first and then jump. Oh, I'm sure you would have pushed me <laughs> off. No problem. You can't leave your sister on there. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Where, where was this conscientious? Uh, this conscience of yours when you were putting a pillow over my head and I was screaming. I mean, that was under my control. Mm-hmm. At the station, the men cannot get through to Tower State Tower Junction. So the engineer goes on to explain that it's all downhill to Tower Junction. Once there, like I said, the operator's going to flip the switch, send the train up to the Mankato line, which will be uphill and slow it down. Did you see the map, though? Like, they're like, it's downhill, this whole curve. And then they hit this junction. I'm like, that thing's going to be going like 200 miles an hour, bud. Well, not only that, Charles is like, where's the train now? And the dude points definitively to a spot right here. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. Like, I could see giving a range. It's probably here. Well, and the other thing is, as I put out in the Mimi B group, because I started posting things in the Mimi B group. Are you impressed? There's... The highest hill in Minnesota is 1,900 feet, which is like a hill. So how is this train going downhill for like 20 miles? I don't know. The engineer says they're at a level spot now, but the train's going too fast to jump. So he's basically saying Mary's right not to jump off this train. You're done. Charles then gets like the the quivering lip and the teary (laughs) eyes. And he's like, will it stay on the track? And the engineer's like, it should. Oh, that's comforting. Yeah, it should. All right. So next we see who I'm going to just call the douchebag. We see a douchebag at Tower Junction. And guess what, Jen? He can't hear them rapidly wiring him because he's doing his laundry. I literally have written down some (laughs) D-bag. Yeah. He's doing his laundry. Meanwhile, upstairs, like the Morse code is going. Like you you deal with the safety of trains, dude. Like pay attention. Yep. So Charles, of course, decides that he and Edwards are going to ride across the crazy terrain. He just looks for reasons to jump on the bareback of a horse and and ride. And I'm here for it. (laughs) All right. So the engineer explains there's a train. Now there's a further complication. Mm -hmm. There's a train leaving Sleepy Eye, a Sleepy Eye special, with a bunch of super important people on it. So Charles is going to ride to Sleepy Eye to try to stop that train. And Edwards is going to ride to Tower Junction. We got this? Yep, yep, that's the plan. Jenny, is this hero mode yet? Not yet. They're getting ready for hero mode because Edwards is like, I'll unhitch the team. That means they're going to be getting on the horse. Individual horses. They're They're gearing up. Finally, the kids see the break, which Timmy was screaming the entire time. There's a break. I know. I was like, that wheel is a break. Mary sees the break and they attempt to use it, but it's stuck. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's probably when it's going that fast already, it's probably really hard to turn. Yeah. At Tower Junction, the douchebag is whistling loudly while doing laundry. And now he drops a shirt. We think he's done. He's like hanging everything up. He drops a shirt and loses his shit and starts cursing and kicking it. Yeah. And then we realize now he has to go get more water and rewash it. I mean, this is how people die from other people's stupidity. This is a perfect example. Yeah. This is why going back to our recurring theme, you can't trust humanity. (laughs) Back on the train, the kids have gone to higher ground. And Carl says he can see when the track will be slowing. Laura doesn't like it. No. It's way too much. Yeah, and I feel like if that thing tips over and you're in the top, you're fucked. Probably not good. Yeah. Yeah. So they get down. And meanwhile, in Sleepy Eye, some dude is given a big speech and getting ready to leave on the Sleepy Eye special. He's he's a big wig, right? What was this? Because did you see the conversation he had with his son after? These are the weirdest characters. Yep, yep. Because this is written by William Claxton, again. I thought no, it was directed, directed by, by William Claxton, but written by that woman. Yes. Who just loves to put extra characters in. Just random. And, like, yeah. the, the strange character of the son is totally extraneous. The son was weird. What was it going was so on there? <laughs> I don't know. It's so okay. odd. All right. So we switch back to the kids, and they're really starting to panic. And there's this fantastic scene with Mary and Carl where they're like, it's my fault. No, it's my fault. No, it's your fault. And Laura goes, it's both of your fault. (laughs) Laura's like, I'm the innocent victim here. All right, Laura. (laughs) And then Laura goes, I can tell it's going faster. So the tension's building. 
Back at Sleepy Eye, this this politician CEO, he's the CEO of the railroad or he's something. Some kind of railroad baron. Like he's some kind of yeah. yeah. He's talking and talking, and the engineer's like, We have to leave. Let's go. So the men board the train, and his son, grown son, begins whining that he didn't get to read his speech. And they bicker, and it's really weird. It's super weird. And and I have no idea why did they just need to fill five minutes somewhere like that. It makes no sense. I don't know either. Like, were they trying to flush this guy out so he could be like a character? <laughs> I, have no I, idea. I don't know. The train begins to leave. So clearly Charles didn't make it. It leaves early. Four minutes early. Mm-hmm. Cut to Edwards, who doesn't look half as sexy as riding like a maniac as Charles does. Right. Well, he's in hero mode, too, though. He's in or hero he, mode. Wait, wait, wait. Is he sidekick mode? He might be. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's clearly the sidekick. To and of, of course, Jenny, back on the sleepy eye train, the conductor's like, I'm opening her up. Right. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Edwards makes it to Tower Junction and he does not give this dude the manhandling that this guy deserves. The ass like, beating. Yeah. That he like Edward yes. should have been freaking out on this guy. Yeah. This guy is yeah. useless. He has one job. Jenny, his title is switchman. Yeah. You sit there and you wait to switch a train. That's yep. it. That's it. All right. Anyway, so this guy fails at his only job. I mean, to be fair, the guys probably worked there like 20 years and nothing has probably happened. <laughs> probably. <laughs> so, so Edwards is standing there and the kids see him and they're like, oh, my God, Bob. But like, there's nothing he could do. So what can he do? Go by. How would you feel as a parent? If you were in that situation, I would be a mess. You would be running at top speed (laughs) trying to get. I mean, Edwards would. I don't even know how he would get on that. Like, there's no way. I don't know. I mean, even when that trains first started moving, you saw the Civil War dude couldn't catch it. Yeah, I know. A human can only run. (laughs) I know. Not that fast. I this it was upsetting to me. Like, I don't know what I would do. Yeah, I would teach my kids not to be idiots and get on the train in the first place. Maybe right. Mm. Right. Okay. So Charles arrives at Sleepy Eye and discovers he's too late. <laughs> We're laughing because <laughs> this scene, I told Jenny when I watched this, wait, wait, wait for the epic scene. And she's like, okay, okay. Jen, is there any? And I was I was watching the episode and Amy's like, there's this epic scene. There's this epic moment. Like, and I'm watching. I'm like, was that it? Was that it? And then when it happened, like I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I almost died. And I'm like, that is that is it. Right there. Do you, do you want to take this one in and, yep. and explain? It? Okay. So Charles arrives at Sleepy Eye and he discovers he's too late. And as he's in the office, the wire comes in about the caboose not being switched. So the sleepy-eyed dude tells him he could catch the train since it's all uphill, but he needs a fast horse. And Charles like, where's the horses or where's the livery did he ask for? Livery, because he just just rode that that horse hard across all that. But is that a horse term, livery? Yeah. Yeah. It's It's like stables where the horses live. So he rode the, so his horse is tired. His Mm -hmm. horse is spent. Mm -hmm. So Charles runs (laughs) out. Charles runs outside, sees a guy on a horse, and rips him off of it. And like throw it, like catch the guy out. catches air. Like he just throws off the horse. I was dying. Rolls the guy out on the ground and steals his horse. Now I recorded this. I will be putting the footage. Oh, God, it was so good in the Mimi Bees because. You need to see how hot this was. It was hot and hilarious all at once. And I said, he just went, I don't know if we have Dragon Ball Z fans out there, but Hero Mode Mode just went Super Saiyan. So that's like when they like turn into the crazy giant guys. He's in Super Saiyan Hero Mode right now. So now we have Hero Mode. (laughs) Oh my God. It's so dramatic. It's so dramatic. And the guy's like, he stole my horse. It's like, and then it turns all Seabiscuit. Like, he's, like, in a race now. (laughs) So we have very dramatic footage of the two trains and Charles riding like the wind. Charles makes it to the train. He makes it to the train. And he, like, rides alongside of it and jumps onto it. Like a bank robber. Mm -hmm. 
And he tells them what's happening. But see, this is why I think Timmy's capable of this. Well, first of all, he had to climb through that whole train, which meant going out on flat cars with, like, cargo on it. Jenny, can you add this to our uh, feats that we have to do for bonus content? Timmy, Timmy, to do this? Timmy boarding a, a moving a train. train? Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll write that down. <laughs> Timmy boards moving train. How come all the... So Jenny came up with this idea for bonus content where we, we just do all the things we say we can do. Feats so, and challenges. So what, are we, what am I have to... I have to start a fire. You have to build... So this was in... Which episode was this in? Carolyn's Leg episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Amy said that she could have started... A fire, a bonfire outside to alert her neighbors to her to her predicament. Mm-hmm. And this was after two days of solid rain. Mm-hmm. So I said, Amy has to go out into her yard after two days of drenching rain mm-hmm. and build from the wood outside. Right. No, I have no lighter, burning, no matches, or burning right. bonfire. Okay, I watched Survivor thing, Man. I think I could do it. And the other thing was, Timmy has to passively saw because <laughs> <laughs> you said. Charles was aggressively sawing wood. Wait, and I have to go back and find the episode where you talked about, I believe you said you could walk. I can walk 12 miles. Do yeah, you not like in, in a day miles? or something. Yes. I forget. There was something ridiculous to it. Or you could run it's 12 like, miles. I, I definitely did not say I could run I'm 12 I'm holding miles. you to it. We'll, no I'll way. go back. Marathon. I'll I go back wait. and check the record. I said I could walk 12 miles, which I could do. Who can't well, anybody could walk 12 miles. It was something else ridiculous. All right. Okay. And now Timmy has to climb on a moving train. <laughs> he, he doesn't know that yet. We'll break it to him at Thanksgiving. Yeah, we'll tell him. Okay. So Charles boards the train and he's like flying through the car with the fancy people and they're all screaming. Of course they are. Because you're probably thinking you're getting robbed or something. And Jenny's right. They ha- He has to like climb across it's like pitfall like you have to climb across all these different challenges no it's american gladiator yes yes <laughs> there we go good 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 so he has to like climb over a cargo loose loose logs like yeah. all kinds of walk up on top of a train car he gets into the engine and he's fighting with the the conductor dude the engineer and the engineer well, thinks he's being robbed that is the lamest fight scene I've ever seen so in my no, entire wait, life. I, here, here, here. Okay. They start fighting and then they start fist fighting. Because Charles is like, if you don't stop this train, I'm stopping it. It's the weirdest fight that is like a long, silent embrace. <laughs> There's no sound effects. No sound. There's no actual punches laid. No sound. They're hugging. <laughs> He's just it's an embrace. <laughs> it's the dumbest like, they cannot direct a fight scene no, at all. No. It is the lamest fight scene I've ever seen in my life. Finally, the the conductor dude sees the caboose coming. Well, and that, like, Robert Redford is the engineer. <laughs> what? <laughs> right? He looks just, he's got the cigar, he's like all swanky. It's Robert Redford. <laughs> okay. So, and Robert. Of course, the fucking kids aren't paying attention to what's going oh, on. Oh, the kids are not paying attention. Yeah. Okay. So, finally. The dude is like, okay, I'm going to stop and I'm going to back the train up because the theory is they'll collide. Like if his train's going backwards, they'll collide softly and be able to connect. Speaking of colliding, I have an index card. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So this index card, like. Wait, do your music. So going on the theme of. Like, seeing the train come at the caboose brought up all these nightmare, like, imagery to me. So I did an index card on the five deadliest train accidents in American history. Now, that's a, a index <laughs> card I could get behind. So, uh, and you'll be glad to know that most of them were user error. So, although go. there's a lot of nature involved in it, it has, it, like, the, the fault lays with humans. Yeah. So the five deadliest train accidents in American history, number five is the Wellington Avalanche of 1910. A 14-foot-high wall of snow hit two passenger trains, dragging them 150 feet down into the Thai River Gorge. Everyone died. 96 people. Everyone died. Jenny, you know what I think about when I hear that? No. You know how we're obsessed with the wave? wave? I want to see that avalanche. That avalanche. So uh, 14 feet of snow. Could you, like, what are the chances? What are the chances? Could you imagine? Yeah. Number four is the Eden train wreck 
1904, 97 people out of 125 died. They were crossing a wooden bridge. Oh, boy. And a flash flood swept the train into the river. Wow. Okay. Number three is the Ash... Ashtabula River disaster in Ohio, 98 of 159 people died. This was in 1876, so this was right around this time. Mm-hmm. While crossing a railroad bridge over a gorge, so this had to be pretty high up. Yeah. This is this one's crazy. Over the river, the 11-year-old bridge collapsed. The train was plummeting to the ground while it was plummeting to the to the ice cold water. Oil lamps and coal stoves ignited, setting the cars on fire. So there's <laughs> Train cars on fire. <laughs> plummeting into Wow. That's right? nightmare fuel right there. That's nightmare fuel. Mm-hmm, like, how does mm-hmm. this happen? Number two, the great train wreck of 1918, because 1918 needed more shit. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That was a bad year to be alive. What happened to that in that one? 101 people died. Two trains collided head on at 150 Ooh. or at 150, Jesus, at 50 miles an hour, wow. which, okay, like, totally. Like, Big disaster. Almost everyone died. A thousand children from a nearby Catholic school witnessed the whole accident. Oh, man. Right. Crazy. The number one was in Brooklyn. Mm. It was a subway. Well, it wasn't a subway. They were they were like independent trains. These were elevated trains at the Mm -hmm. time. Um, it was the Malba, Malbone Street wreck. 102 dead. There were 650 people on the train. So it was super packed. What year? It was going 1918. <laughs> oh, God, these poor people. If you lived in 1918, I'm sorry. I feel like 2020 <laughs> is right up there with it. Um, it was a Brighton Beach bound train. So it was going out to the, it was going through Brooklyn. And there's this tunnel, um, in the middle of Brooklyn near Prospect Park that it was going through and you're supposed to take the curve at about six miles an hour. That's how it was designed. And this uh, dude took it at 35 miles an hour and it derailed and they were all wooden cars and they all like like smashed up. It was a 25 year old train operator and he was a scab. Do you know what a scab is? Yeah. They crossed the line. Yeah. So the all the, mm-hmm. the regular engineers were on strike yep. when this happened. And this happened in what is now the Franklin Avenue shuttle, which my good friend Johanna lived right near that line. It was yeah. like in, uh, uh, it was in Flatbush area, like Crown Heights. Mm-hmm. Wow. The operator and the company were placed on trial for manslaughter. Wow, good. But we're acquitted. Of course. Of course. The nearby hospitals, you can relate to this one. The nearby hospitals were at capacity for Spanish flu patients. Oh, my God. So that's why a lot of people died, too, because they, they just couldn't handle the overflow. Who was nine? Where was Elizabeth Warren? That's what who we needed in 1918 <laughs> to deal with all this shit. She's not She'd be like, No, no, no. I just mean we need 1918s. <laughs> comparable Elizabeth Warren. I know. To like deal with all these big companies and getting off of. I mean, it it was worse then. Wow. It was like these railroad companies and stuff. Definitely worse then. Okay. Yeah. So there's some nightmare fuel for everyone. Jenny, I'm going (laughs) to congratulate you on an index card. Well done. (laughs) Okay. Now let's get back to our superheroes. Shall we? Yeah. Let's let's finish this one up. Okay. Silent, silent fight where they're pawing at each other. <laughs> silent embrace, as I'm calling it. <laughs> All right. So there's a problem now. The operator is, you know, you have to suspend belief here to believe he's able to stop this train in yeah. what looks like a quarter mile track. I mean, he's going uphill, so that's that helps. Maybe. But uh, still dubious, dubious. So he manages to do that, but there's a problem. The three kids have decided to give the break another go. So they're standing right out front on the little balcony that's that, you know, they could risk getting tossed off or smushed when the trains collide. So the operator's like, dude, your kids have to get inside. These kids need physics lessons. They do. I I was a little disappointed in this hero mode because Charles had his wool coat on. And I feel oh, like yeah. we should that yeah. all off. I mean, to be total opportunity yeah. to like go shirtless here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which would have been really awkward and weird. But <laughs> so anyway, Charles hangs out of the train and is yelling at the kids to get back in, get back in, get back in. Oh, and Mary, so cool. you know, with no glasses, does she have her glasses on? No, no. So she's like, "What? Huh?" They're all like that, first of all. They're They're all all like that. that. They can't hear anything because there's two trains next to them. Yep. So he manages to tell them they get inside. 
And Pa jumps over to the caboose. And somehow Edwards appears. Yeah, because Edward shows up right at the moment. And he's going as fast as all these trains on a horse, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yep. All right. So they all reunite. And the kids are safe. And then things get weird. <laughs> the politician dude. The, I think the, he's the, I think the railroad magnet. Yeah. Timmy called him a train baron. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Railroad baron. He comes on to the caboose. And I'm just going to read this, how it, how it played out. And I'm not going to insert my innuendo into it in any way. Carl explains he was pushing and pulling on things he shouldn't have been. And the dude says, it'd be a strange young man who didn't pull and yank when he had the chance. <laughs> I've done it. I've done it myself. And Timmy and I just looked at each other like, what? Okay. The train gets going again and everyone rides home together. And I would like to say that there'd be 20 lawsuits filed if this were today, right? There'd be a million lawsuits from everyone, from the train, from the people on the train, from the Ingalls, from the Edwards. Like there'd be 10 lawsuits. Uh, The Ingalls would own the sleepy eye special after this whole nightmare yeah and it's just this politician character this this train baron like i don't understand what that was about he's not a politician but he acts like one like i think he has secret political desire oh okay (laughs) how why are you obsessed with this character because he's He's obsessed with giving the speech off the back of the train like it reminded me of teddy roosevelt he's just an egotistical maniac it's like Steve Jobs giving speeches. Like they're just they're just egomaniacs. Okay. All right. So Jenny, I'm gonna introduce a new segment. Oh yeah, I love dun, new dun, segments dun. I didn't I love new segments that I didn't prepare for at Can all. Can I get a drum roll? Okay. It's called Jenny, whose fault is this? <laughs> <laughs> Finally, we're making this official because okay. we do this every episode. So it's almost like we could also add Amy, how old are these people? Yes, we could. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to go with mine. And then since I didn't give you okay. time to prepare, you can think about it. Okay. Okay. Let me think about Whose it. Whose fault is this, Jenny? It's Laura's. Whoa. Blaming Laura yeah, for something. Because she's the one who lied to get them on the trip. Hmm. If she didn't I lie, became... Paul was not going to let them go. No, I'm taking it back a level. I'm leveling it up. I know who you're going to say. Go ahead. It's Miss Beetle's fault. Oh. For, for teaching them about trains. <laughs> they don't need to know about that. Why do they need to know about that? Do you that? want to know my, my secret dark answer? It's Julia Sanderson's for dying and leaving your kids to the Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, I believe that Laura lied and she's the problem. At first, I thought it might have been Mr. Edwards' fault for relenting and going back on his it- word. I think this is Charles and Edward's fault, though, because who lets kids just wander around a train station? I would let my clearly like meet 13, back and 14-year-old kids wander around. And be like, meet back in half yeah, an hour? Yeah, the train's not moving. In order to get to see the, how that turned out. In order to get to the nugget of whose fault this is, you have to focus on Carl Jr. <laughs> or not Carl Jr. Oh, my God. <laughs> you have to focus on Carl. Carl, you have to focus on Carl. He's not a fast food place. Carl is the problem. So you have to get him out of the equation somehow. So that's why, why I see the problem. Oh, because he went on the caboose. Right. I mean, he's the problem. I but mean, there was fault. a lot of there was a lot of things that put him in that place. Right. As with every little house episode, as we saw with Caroline's leg, ten things have to go wrong. For well, this you to know the, well, I mean, actually I know whose fault this is. It's John Jr.'s fault. Whoa. Yeah. And here's why. Because Mary was there to keep an eye on Laura, not doing anything stupid. Where was Carl's <laughs> older brother to keep an eye on him for not doing anything Leave stupid? Leave him alone. He's reading poetry. God. God. He doesn't want to go see a train. Yeah, that's like fun. He's working on some quatrains. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Ew. Okay. Okay. So at the end of every episode, Jenny and I look back and and decide or try to decipher maybe a moral or a lesson we took from this episode. It could be something we take on our second watch or something from the beginning. And it, it's it's designed to answer the question, Gen X, this is why. So Jenny, what is your why? So this is why I never had kids. Oh, okay. I feel I, like I that's a reoccurring one with you. 
I think Little House and like this episode and the other 1500 episodes of like, you need to have a hero mode. You need to save these kids constantly from like almost dying. Like it's fucking stressful, man. Like I think I internalized all that stress and was like, yeah, I'm never doing that. Like the only hero mode I have is like saving my martini from falling off the table. Like that is, that is as far as I'm going. I always thought you just didn't want kids because you don't like them. Well, I mean, there's that too, but I mean, they just need constant rescue. Like, do you feel like your kids need constant rescue? Are you always doing this kind of thing? No. (laughs) But I'm raising, I'm raising iGen. So they just like to be in the coziness of their bed and on their devices. That's true. I feel like everything was dangerous in these times. Everything was dangerous. Yeah. Okay. This, here's my why. This is why you shouldn't do your laundry at work. I mean, here you go. Kids could die <laughs> if you do your laundry at work. When your only job is to sit in a station and watch a switch, you better be zeroed in on it. That's what you took away from this. So is don't do your laundry. At I'm work. not going to do my laundry at work. Do you have that option? I do now because I'm working from home. <laughs> well, it's funny because there's laundry machines in my office. There you go. Don't do it, Jenny. Don't do it. Kids can die. I almost did it once when I was working out in California because I'm like, I could use, like, I'm out here for like a week and a half. I could mm-hmm. do my laundry at work for free instead of like sending it to someone to do. I yeah. decided that with such a dramatic episode, you would expect a big dramatic takeaway from me. Yeah, me too. Yeah, no. this was lame. Yeah. I just won't do my laundry at work. That's it. That's, That's it. it. Nothing about the fireworks well, in the farm. greater moral that you should focus on your goddamn job, especially when it involves trains. When it involves the safety of others. Yes. Jesus. Because all those train accidents that I told you about, yeah. those br- those faulty bridges. Oh, nature. Oh, the faulty bridges. Yeah. The faulty bridges. The one, the avalanche was more nature, but then they ended up, like, they shouldn't have had it in that place, right? So they ended up building a way to, like, block avalanches on, on future track. You notice all that shit was, like, in the early 1900s. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. we figured this stuff out since, but... Well, and we yeah. also run a lot less trains. Mm, do we? Passenger trains, yeah. Mm, Amtrak's got a ton of trains. Do you want to get me started on this country's infrastructure? Well, we, I mean, compared to other countries, yeah. we have a shitty train system, right. for sure. 100%. I don't know that we run less trains than we used to. I mean, there's so many more people and... Okay. I, I take Amtrak all the time. And let me tell you, that thing gets going. And okay. you're like, wow, this is a storm and we're ripping through New Jersey. And I don't know what's going to happen here. <laughs> all right, Jenny, do you want to tell everybody what we're doing next? Oh, so this, because I'm going to blow Amy up with this because she doesn't know what this is going to be. Because she doesn't read any of our documentation. So I know mm-hmm. she doesn't know. Nope. Flying by the seat of my pants here. So we are going to do... Episode 19, For My Lady. I know this one. I know this one. Where they when Charles, accuse Paul of having an uh, affair. Uh-huh. When her man falls from grace. So the description reads, When Charles agrees to do some handiwork for Widow Thurman, he forfeits any monetary compensation and works instead for Thurman's old china set, a gift he knows Caroline will love. This does require some sneakiness on Charles' part, and he spends increasing amount of time at the Widow Thurman's house. Carolyn struggles to maintain her trust in her husband. Wow, I can't wait for this episode. You know my theory. What's my operating theory? Everyone wants to bang Charles. Yes. I want to address something that was brought up in the Mimi Bees. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. One of our Mimi's revealed that she always believed Nels had the hots for Caroline. And I thought it was pretty big. I think you're right. Now, looking back on it, mm-hmm. I think she's right. He really looks forward to those eggs coming in every day. <laughs> so maybe Charles and Caroline are like just the hot couple that everybody wants to get with. I don't know. God. Okay. okay. So thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, don't forget, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter. You can find us on Instagram, Gen X, This Is Why. And we'll see you next week. Hi everyone, Amy here. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. We really appreciate it. To best support us, please consider subscribing, sharing, and leaving a review on Apple iTunes or anywhere you listen. You can connect with Jenny and me through our Facebook group, The Mimi Bees. 
You can find information on the Mimi Bees and all other projects by liking us on Facebook or Instagram at GenXThisIsWhy. Letter X, spell out the Y. Thanks again. See you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.